That's a great setup for the scripture. Thank you so much, Patrick. As we move and turn towards um, the second chapter of Matthew, we are going to visit a, a story that's familiar by now, the story of the Magi, of the Magi as they see the star and it's rising and they travel through the world of Herod and come to the new world that is opening up in Jesus Christ. And Alice Graham is going to come and read our scripture. Alice. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, thank you for all the ways that you accompany us, particularly the ways that you are present with us in your word. Your word made flesh, your word of scripture your word, Jesus Christ, alive in our midst now. May we tune our hearts um, to hear that word and to embody that word to bless the world you love. Amen. We are gathering this morning on the threshold of a new year. About 34 hours ago, we put 2021 to bed. 
I know there are more than a few of us who are quite content to see 2021 in the rearview mirror. And now we stand here on January 2nd and we turn and look forward into 2022 and ever so cautiously hope. In terms of the church calendar, we gather this morning on the threshold of Christmas and Epiphany. We are still in the season of Christmas, the ninth in the 12 days of Christmas. We continue to celebrate incarnation, the coming of the Christ, Christ with us, beside us, within us, Christ alive in the fullness of humanity for the healing and liberating of all creation. And then on Thursday, we'll move into the season of Epiphany, which means to make manifest. This incarnation, we look to how it is made manifest in the world and in us, surprising us at almost every turn. We gather this morning on the threshold of a new year and on the threshold of Epiphany. And we turn to this Epiphany story that we've come to know so well, the story of the Magi. And here, here are some of the things that we know. We may sing, we three kings, but we know that the Magi aren't kings. They're wise people, astrologers, philosophers, wisdom bearers. They search the stars and all creation for wisdom and for meaning. And we know that there weren't necessarily only three wise men. The Bible doesn't tell us how many. This is a traveling group of wisdom seekers. They are seeking meaning together. And we know that they aren't necessarily wise men only. There may have been wise women in their midst too. We know the story. These magi see a star at its rising and hear of a newborn king, and they set out on a journey to pay homage, to see what has happened at the rising of a new star in the sky. King Herod hears about those two, and he's not so um, spiritually curious, because King Herod is not eager to meet a rival king. Herod is frightened, scripture says, so he calls together his advisors. They're not much help. They only quote the prophetic promise of a ruler who will come to shepherd God's people, which makes King Herod even more fearful and insecure because he's pretty sure that's not him. So Herod schemes. He calls for these wise folk, the magi, to find out what they know. Where, where is this child king? I'd, I'd love to meet him. Go. Search, and when you find him, bring me word so I can go and bring him a gift as well. We know, and perhaps the Magi did too, that Herod wants to find this rival king baby or infant so he can destroy him. The Magi set out following the star that they have seen at its rising until it stops over the place where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph now live. The Magi arrive and they are overwhelmed with joy. They enter the house and they experience the Christ. Their joy overflows into praise and worship and they offer the child and the family gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the story that we know so well. The wise folk traveling from afar and offering their gifts to the infant Jesus. Sometimes we tell it early in the Christmas story on Christmas Eve, the pageant of those who arrived at the Christ, the shepherds, the angels, the wise folk, and us. This morning, I want us to stand in a very particular moment in the story. When I come to the story, I usually focus on the journey there 
The Magi follow the star into an experience of epiphany, the journey toward Jesus. We focus on how they find their way there and what they find. But this year, I want to invite us to stand in that moment just after. Just after the Magi experience the Christ, just after they pay homage, just after they give their gifts, that moment just after when they turn for home. Having followed the star they saw in its rising, having navigated the scheming of Herod and having experienced the Christ, the Messiah, the one of whom the prophets spoke, the Magi now turn toward the next journey. They stand at a threshold. They stand in that liminal space between what has come before and what comes next. The journey that has brought them to this moment and the journey they are about to undertake. They have traveled far and now they have experienced the Christ and they stand at the threshold of the what next. A threshold moment pregnant with possibility and choice and the unknown. Irish poet John O'Donohue talks of thresholds as crossings crossing from one experience into the next. For him, a threshold is not simply a boundary, but rather a frontier that divides two different territories, rhythms, atmospheres. It is a place to pause and consider, to make meaning. For the Magi, this threshold is a frontier between the world of Herod that they have traversed to get here and the world of the Christ that is only now opening up to them. I wanna share a photo that I took um, not too long ago. Uh, as I think I've mentioned, I walk almost every, every morning, every day. I walk to the end of my street and then on into the dedicated open space beyond. This is where my street ends, right here. And you can see there's a little threshold there that you step over and you're on the path. If you stand right here where the photo was taken, you can see that you're leaving the street, the neighborhood, the morning bustle of folks going to work, kids heading to school, the stuff of daily life. You step over that threshold and you're on a path that leads into the hills, lately a very muddy path. It's a bit more quiet with space and scope for the imagination, the occasional coyote, and did I mention lots of mud. Later, as you return from that walk, as you approach from the other side, you'll need to flip the photo in your mind. You come back to this threshold, only this time you're leaving behind the muddy path the thoughts that happen there and placing your foot back on the steady ground of street and sidewalk, a moment of re-entry and re-engagement with the world of humans. This threshold between street and muddy path is more than a boundary. As O'Donohue might say, it divides two different territories, rhythms, and atmospheres. It's a crossing, 
It's a space between two different but adjacent worlds, two different experiences. It's a space for pausing and making meaning as you step from one experience into the next. Calendars offer up all sorts of thresholds for us, thresholds fixed with regularity in time, with the possibility to reflect on where we have been and where we might be headed, the threshold of a new year. The movement from one season to the next, autumn into winter, winter into spring, birthdays, a moment to reflect on life lived up till now, and anniversaries of significant moments, a date we remember an experience of, of joy or sometimes an experience of loss. Life offers all manner of threshold, whether we choose them or not, whether we welcome them or not, the threshold of birth or adulthood or parenthood the threshold of a new relationship or a new job or retirement, the threshold of all the experiences that come our way of love, of illness, of deep loss, of forgiveness, of newfound liberation, the threshold of a new learning or a life-changing experience. Thresholds by their nature involve change, life's movement from one moment into the next. And so John O'Donohue notes that at these threshold moments, a great complexity of emotion comes alive, confusion, fear, excitement, sadness, hope. And even so, he suggests that at any time, but particularly perhaps at the start of a new year, we can ask ourselves, at which threshold am I now standing? At this moment in my life, what am I leaving? What do I need to leave? What am I about to enter? What is preventing me from crossing my next threshold? What gift would enable me to do it? Who will journey with me? Thresholds open up the opportunity for us to pause and to ask, where have I been and what have I learned there? What is being made manifest here and now and how shall I now live? The Magi stand at the threshold of experiencing the Christ the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, they look back over their shoulder at the way they have come, a way fraught with peril. The road they have traveled has run through the world of King Herod, the world of empire, a world dominated by power over, a world in which frightened, powerful kings hunt down the vulnerable. And scripture says that they are warned in a dream not to return by the way of Herod. At this they stand under the star that they saw at its rising at this threshold, they experience the promise of God with us made manifest. Not in the raw power of a frantic, ranting king, but in an infant, tender and strong. 
And as Barbara Brown Taylor says, none of their old maps work anymore. They go home by another way. The Magi stand at this threshold and look forward into the world of the Christ and what they find there, what we find there, as we turn the page and move into the next chapters of the story is a new world, a new creation, a world defined not by power over, but by blessing like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek and the vulnerable, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are you. Howard Thurman doesn't use the word threshold, but he talks about something he calls the growing edge, where weary bodies encounter new life. And he says this, all around us worlds are dying and new worlds are being born. All around us life is dying and life is being born. The fruit ripens on the tree, the roots are silently at work in the darkness of the earth against a time where there shall be new lives, fresh blossoms, green fruit, such is the growing edge. It is the extra breath from the exhausted lung. The one more thing to try when all else has failed, the upward reach of life when weariness closes in upon all endeavor. This, this is the basis of hope in moments of despair, the incentive to carry on when times are out of joint and people have lost their reason, the source of confidence when worlds crash and dreams whiten into ash. The birth of a child, life's most dramatic answer to death. This is the growing edge incarnate. Look well to the growing edge. The good news of Christmas, of incarnation, is that in every threshold, God is with us, liberating and empowering us into the next new thing. These threshold moments, these threshold moments give us the opportunity to look to the growing edge and to find there our life.